Hi everyone, welcome back to TTT, the Talking Transport Transformation Podcast brought to you by Tumi, the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. Electric buses are deployed ever faster in cities worldwide, responding to the urgent need to decarbonize transport. The ongoing electrification relies mainly on fully battery electric vehicles, charged at depots overnight or by rapid charging technologies during operations. But how does the future for the world's almost 300 electric trolley bus networks look like? In fact, many systems feature outdated vehicles and low service standards due to decade-long underinvestment and neglect. Trolleybus systems in Germany saw a boom since the end of World War II when fuel was scarce to operate diesel buses and rehabilitating tram systems was rather expensive. However, car-centered urban development and promoting other forms of mass transit decreased the number from 173 to only three trolleybus systems in operation in German cities as of today. Solingen, a city of 160,000 inhabitants in the federal state North Rhine-Westphalia, is famous for its production of knives and blades, but even the global transport community knows little about the city's trolleybus system. Today's episode might contribute a little bit to changing that. Since 2017, the fleet of 50 trolleybuses is being exchanged by modern battery electric trolleybuses. In fact, the city plans to exchange and integrate the remaining diesel fleet into the trolleybus network, going for 100% electric public transport in the next few years. Do existing grid infrastructures support a quicker electrification by modern vehicles? Or are cities with trolleybus systems limited by a technology lock-in? What else cities with ambitious e-bus plans can learn from the case of Solingen regarding, for instance, smart grid management? Today, my colleague Matthias Merford is speaking with Adrian Kobayashi, Director of Planning at Solingen's Municipal Transport Operator. They will look into the case of a city that not only decided to maintain its trolleybus network, but is making it fit for the future. So let's listen in and find out what their takeaways are. Good morning, Adrian. Great having you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we met about two months ago in Solingen together with two Ukrainian colleagues of mine and were interested how the future for many trolleybus systems, which yet rely on old technologies and often outdated vehicles, might look like, but also what other cities that don't feature trolleybuses but set themselves ambitious targets on bus electrification could learn from your experience. I believe we gathered a lot of inspiration from our visit and glad to have you here to share a few insights with our listeners of the TTT podcast. So let's get started. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Great. So Adrian, you have been accompanying the introduction of battery electric buses in Solingen as coordinator of a research project. Uh, since almost two years, you joined the key stakeholder of the project itself, the municipal bus operator Stadtwerke Solingen, as a head of operational planning. 
how did you actually get into public transport and nowadays uh, battery electric trolley buses? It's actually the other way around. I first got into the energy and electric buses then and uh, later only into public uh, transport. So I was studying in 2017 in Masters in Cologne, University of Applied Sciences for Renewable Energy Management. And because of that, I was interested in, in anything, energy transition and how to get energy transition also into various sectors of, of energy. And the Neue Effizienz, it's a rather small agency in Wuppertal, uh, near Solingen. They had a job offer for a student job in this said research project for some you know, helping tasks, some research and, and so on. I applied for that, got into that. And then through the student job at Neue Effizienz, I got more and more into the topic of electrification of buses and trolley buses in particular. My jobs at Neue Effizienz were researching on different topics, also legal topics uh, and, and business models. And later on also into the project coordination. And through that, I actually then got mostly in contact with Stadtwerke Solingen and then later also uh, switched companies over to Stadtwerke Solingen. That was my way, kind of. And now I'm at Stadtwerke Solingen, still the coordinator of this BOP project. We're in the last month of the project, so there's not very much to coordinate right now. Uh, probably there will be quite some at the beginning of next year with all the project closure and, and all the documentation that has to be done. But my focus actually now is switching into um, rather digitization of the operation. Yes. But still, yeah, the knowledge of, of the project is, is rather fresh. Thank you. So our listeners already have an idea uh, from who you are and uh, how you connect to the development, the modernization in Solingen. I would be interested why Solingen in the first place set up a trolleybus network in 1952, this is the figure I found in Wikipedia, and what extent does the network have and does the bus fleet in Solingen have today? As Stadtwerke Solingen is also operating diesel buses, our listeners actually might be interested on some basic differences between the two technologies in terms of everyday operations, such as special requirements to drivers, differences in operations on the road and uh, things like that. Yeah, so that's correct. 1952 was the uh, beginning of our trolleybus uh, system. The public transport itself in Solingen is uh, started in 1897, and at the time mostly as or exclusively with electric tramways, which is quite typical at the time. You didn't have buses, but rather electric tramways. And same as quite many uh, cities, especially in Germany. Uh, during World War II, a lot of the infrastructure of these electric tramways uh, was destroyed. The streets, the, the rails uh, were destroyed. But some of the especially electric infrastructure was still there. So after World War II, the mayor and, uh, and the city council, they were looking for, an, for a way how to get public transport back on track. But with, especially at the time, as limited capacity of, of you know, funds and everything as practical and as cheap as possible. 
So using the existing electrical infrastructure, and of course, some was also destroyed, but mostly it was just cables that you can quickly um, uh, refurbish. It was actually the usage of the electrical infrastructure that got the idea for trolleybuses, because then you would not need to replace all the rails in the in the streets and so on, which is quite costly and, and also takes a lot of time. So this this hybrid of a tramway and a bus, yeah, was the solution that the city of Solingen was uh, going to. And then in yeah in 1952 the first uh, trolley bus was going in Solingen, which marks actually this year the 70th anniversary. Quite the big party in in summer was. Very nice. And Solingen is not very special in this approach. There was quite many cities in, in Germany that took exactly the same approach and had trolleybus systems at the time. I think the maximum number at one point was around 70 cities or 70 operators uh, that had trolleybuses in Germany, which then reduced again in the 60s and 70s because the diesel bus became more and more competitive, especially cost competitive, but also with other advantages. So during the end 60s, beginning 70s, most of the cities in Germany switched to exclusively diesel operation. And Solingen, as one of only three cities, uh, remained the uh, trolleybus network as, as well and went to diesel buses only for service for, for new routes and so on. Yeah, so the reasons why many cities switch to diesel buses is because of the flexibility. If you have a trolleybus network, I'm not really sure if all the listeners will be familiar with it. So you basically have, like for a tramway, it's a bit different technically, but you still have the overhead wires. Um, they, in a classical trolleybus network, stretch over the whole route network for trolleybuses. So the buses are connected to these wires and can only move left and right for a couple meters, like four or five meters or something to, to get to the actual bus stop or to go around a car that's uh, stopped on the street and so on. But you can't really leave the track. You can't just um, go anywhere with it. Um, there's some, of course, for, for security and if, if there's any uh, technical problem, there is ways to move the vehicle with a diesel generator or something, but that's really just for emergencies and, and you wouldn't have the power to actually then continue the proper operation with these emergency generators. So the user, once you set up your trolleybus network, you're quite limited to exactly that extent with the classical trolley buses and uh, in order to be more flexible in operation and uh, redesign your routes and so on uh, you would need to to do a lot of investment to do a lot of construction and in that respect the diesel bus is much uh, more flexible that's why together with the increasingly uh, cheaper diesel at the time in the 60s and 70s the diesel fuel the op most operators switch to to diesel buses now i'm not really sure if if now is the good time but the benefit then of the battery trolley bus then is that we actually gain a bit of this flexibility back compared to to the really just pure trolley bus 
But I think in, for battery trolley buses, we will probably get into more details later on in the Yeah, that's right. I think that's one of the main motivation as well, that you touched upon it already with the Batterie-Oberleitungsbus Projekt Solingen. So we'll get a little bit into it later on as well. And um, actually today, trolley buses are sometimes seen really as an outdated technology. You mentioned the reasons why. In fact, uh, many of the more than 300 systems worldwide are not in a very well shape. However, existing trolley bus infrastructure, including substations and overhead wires, are increasingly seen as an asset that could facilitate the deployment of uh, e-buses, so to say, considering it as an alternative charging infrastructure or as a kind of charging infrastructure. So some operators in cities actively modernize vehicles, some parts of the infrastructure and operational schemes as well. I'd be interested what actually is the vision of policymakers and also the operator of Solingen's trolleybus system? You touched a very good point. So as many cities uh, thought of abolishing the trolleybus uh, in, in their city, also Solingen actually had the debate whether or not to uh, go back from trolleybuses and go to diesel buses. Lastly, it was in the beginning of the 90s that that debate was finally resolved in favor of the trolleybus, keeping the trolleybus. And at the time, we actually even extended more routes for the classic trolleybus. But still, the problems were there with the flexibility and so on. Now, we hugely benefit from the decisions made in the beginning of the 90s, because right now, the main goal and the main objective of virtually every bus operator is to to electrify their bus fleet. Uh, the reasons being quite clearly the energy transition that needs to be done. And the energy transition needs to be done in all, all kinds of sectors. While renewable energy is primarily at first as electricity from photovoltaics or from wind power, for example, you have the electricity and now you have to think about how to get the electricity into other sectors, for example, the mobility sector. You can do it in different ways. You could, for example, use the electricity produced with uh, electrolysis hydrogen, and then you can uh, either burn the hydrogen in conventional engines, a bit modified, but still in the process, conventional engines. You could use fuel cells. You can actually also create proper um, fuels, carbon fuel with the electricity the so-called synthetic uh, fuels, and then uh, again use them in the conventional combustion engines. But all of these processes are very inefficient compared to the direct use of electricity. So the way to go, especially if you consider the um, energy transition and the the need to be quick in energy transition and the need to um, make use efficiently of the renewable energy that we have, which is right now not not over the tops. We don't have excessive um, renewable energy. It's still far less than our energy demand. So we have to be efficient with the usage. And for that, the most efficient way in mobility is to use the electricity without conversing into different uh, fuels and so on. So with that, the electric bus, as where it's possible, is the um, the way to go. 
which is also uh, found in legislative. So the European Union published laws that operators, especially public operators, need to switch to electric vehicles. They can also go to hydrogen, but there's different problems, not only the one with the inefficiency in terms of energy usage, but it's also still quite complex. Uh, so wherever it's possible, regular electric buses um, is the way to go, which poses a lot of challenges for traditional operators, which come from a purely diesel fleet, because out of a sudden they have to change the whole mode of, of running their buses. Um, the charging of conventional battery buses, for example, is the, the easiest way would be to charge all of them during the night on the depot, which would mean as little as possible changes to the operation itself, but poses maximum stress on uh, on the power demand of the operation at the same time during the night or of the depot at the same time during the night, which is a big problem for, for operators if you, if you think about large-scale replacement of diesel buses with electric buses. Here, we actually benefit from our existing infrastructure because the infrastructure is, is completely spread throughout the city, the existing trolley bus network, and the, the buses can charge during the day, during operation. They don't even have to stand, which is another way of uh, charging conventional battery buses, is if you want to avoid both the high power demand during the night at the depot, but also want to increase the reach during the day because battery capacity is limited on a bus and um, you may actually also have problems with the daily reach, with the daily kilometers that you can go uh, compared to the traditional operation. You would also be able to charge uh, while standing in the field somewhere at the, at the end of, of a route or something. But then you have to stand. You have to wait. You you can as far as possible like connect it with brakes for the drivers and so on. But it will always mean an, an extra limiting factor to the operation. And in many cases, also that you would actually need more buses, more electric battery electric buses to replace the number of diesel buses that you had. So, for example, you want to replace two diesel buses. You may need three battery electric buses, which is Right now, just the number that I said. It's, it always depends on the on the exact circumstance. But um, with a battery electric trolley bus, you can mostly, or for the routes that fit for it, you can really do a one-to-one -one, uh, conversion. So while we already have a fleet that's half electric, so we start from a much better starting point than most of the operators, we can also, for routes that fit, for example, the first project route in uh, the Bob project, uh, we can really one-to-one -one replace the, the buses, the battery trolley bus uh, from a diesel bus, because the buses don't have to have a stationary, any stationary time. They can just charge under the catenary. It has its limitations, the reach of a battery trolley bus off-grid, so once it disconnects from the trolley bus network, is even far lower than the, that of the conventional 
battery bus because you don't plan that much battery in, in a battery trolley bus because you can charge during the during the way. And then it always depends on the actual situation on the route, whether or not you need larger batteries in your battery trolley bus, whether or not you may actually then also need a stationary charging system. That's all possible. And that's all the things that you have to consider route for route because of all the different uh, parameters that go into that, be it the elevation of the roads, be it the, the actual distance, be it the stationary time and so on. You really have to check route for route if you want to electrify. Unfortunately, we don't have the bus that uh, completely replaces a diesel bus, which would as little as possible um, impact to the operation. Yes, I mean, we were very impressed when we visited Solingen, so we could uh, really perceive this in life, how the new idea or the new operational concept would work. Um, so you're actually working with the existing trolleybus network, but the battery electric trolleybuses, they allow you to just go off the general grid, add a route of uh, five, six, seven, ten kilometers, and maybe a terminal point where the driver has to make a break. You reconnect to a system and you have only a infrastructure investment on one spot where you recharge the battery uh, a bit. Maybe not necessarily you have to do it even. And then you can reconnect uh, to the system. So I understand that this is the way you are pursuing to integrate and to change the still existing diesel buses things you have. Yes, yes, exactly. So the, um, the vision now, I'm like, I got a bit off track with <laughs> talking about the system, sorry. The vision of the um, city of Solingen and also from our company, the bus operator, is to of course, continue the path of electrification, same as all the other bus operators as well, but as far as possible, take the battery trolley bus technology and the, the charging of the batteries in motion under the catenary as far as possible. We may not be able to really do it for the last route, but as far as possible, we want to use the asset, as you rightly said, The, the huge asset that we have, the big charging infrastructure that we have spread throughout Soling and the catenary. We want to make use of that, which means we have to do as little as possible investment and as much as possible impact. Yeah, thank you very much. This connects very well to the next question. So some parts of it probably we answered already. And I wanted to ask, what makes a battery electric trolley bus um, different from a classical one? And where the trend is going in Germany and Europe. You have been going through several tendering processes. So also, you know, the pros and cons and difficulties related to that, but also in operation. So what are the advantages of battery electric trolley buses and maybe some disadvantages if you compare them now to standard e-buses? No? So we answered already part of the question, but maybe you might add some specific figures or ideas that come to your mind. So the um, battery electric trolley buses differ from the regular trolley bus while you're under the catenary um, Not at all. The drivers basically don't notice that you have batteries um, when you are under the catenary. It's the same way of operation, which is a bit more demanding for the driver than the diesel bus because you also have to check for the wires. And uh, every here and there you have a, a split. So where the route would either split to the right or to the left. Uh, I'm missing the proper term for that right now, but I think you can... Um, 
you know, you know what it is. So you have to set it to either go left or right in something, uh, which you don't really need for the for the diesel bus. You just set your indicator and go wherever you want. But apart from that, it's actually just uh, a regular bus and a regular trolley bus while under the catenary. And then the disconnection process is quite automated. So you have just have to stand, which is anyway every couple any couple hundred meters because you have a bus stop <laughs> anywhere. You push a button, the the connectors uh, automatically uh, sync and detach from the uh, from the catenary. Then it feels quite much like a diesel bus, just more quiet and with more power. <laughs> and you continue your your way. And uh, since it's, you don't have to really care much about the, as a driver, you don't have to have an eye on the, on the battery and so on, because it's designed in a way that you will always reach your point again. Otherwise, the, the design itself would be wrong. So then you just go like with a diesel bus. And then at one point, you connect again to the catenary. Wherever it's planned, we also have a semi-automated connection system which means the connectors they rise automatically they are not completely automated to find the the catenary on themselves so we just have a quite simple but effective uh, funnel system so you you position your bus under funnel system the connectors go up and the you have a variation of a about a meter to front and back and about like 20, 30 centimeters to left and right, which our bus drivers usually hit them. <laughs> so uh, then they they can just have to push a button and you reconnect and then you go your way like a conventional trolley bus. If we're talking about advantages and disadvantages of battery electric trolley buses and regular electric buses, you have to think about the investment phase and about the operational phase so in the investment phase for especially for bus companies that don't have an existing trolley bus grid like Solingen has the investment is huge a catenary is quite expensive i don't have exact figures and it varies especially on like if you have corners if you have um, intersections and so on the cost per kilometer varies dramatically um, but you have large costs for infrastructure because you have to do the catenary and it's a hassle if i'm not too blunt <laughs> because you not only have to pay the money for it you don't only have to the investment but you also have the planning process which at least in germany is, is quite much um to say the least you also have um to deal with um people living along the routes that you want to build your infrastructure. And um, it's sometimes enough that only one person dislikes the idea and uh, goes to court or anything. And your pl whole planning process is, is delayed at least by some years because then you have arguments back and forth and so on, whether or not you can do that. And uh, that is, I think, a reason why a lot of operators that now start electrification tend to not really consider uh, the battery trolley bus system more closely because they're kind of put off by the, the planning process of the catenary. Because in right financial terms, it's actually cheaper 
or it can be cheaper, let's say that. There's different um, factors that would make a trolley bus or battery trolley bus system cheaper to a conventional electric uh, battery bus. Wherever you have a kind of diversion of different routes or you, you have very high frequencies that your buses are going, so many buses per hour, per interval of time, share the same infrastructure. Of course, the as I said, in the investment phase, quite expensive infrastructure divides onto different um, buses, different routes, different drives, and then actually the, the operation becomes cheaper and cheaper. So uh, wherever you have big streets that uh, many buses per hour pass through, the tendency is that a battery electric trolley bus for, for those routes would be feasible, but in the end, it's always a um, you always have to um, calculate per route per for your situation, for your city, for your elevation, for for anything. Electric buses is are not the technology that you can just make a once fits all um, statement. Like this technology is what you need to go, or this technology is what you need to go. It's always very depending on on the situation where you are. So within Germany and Europe, um, as far as we know, um, the tendency is that cities that do have uh, traditional trolley buses do the same as Solingen does. They want to do as much electrification and uh, as much backbone of their operation with the trolley bus network the existing network, they tend to only invest in new trolleybus infrastructure point to point, like we also did a couple hundred meters here and there and a charging station at the end. But you wouldn't really do the whole process and, and uh, do very much new infrastructure. While the operators that until now did not have uh, trolleybuses, they tend to not really uh, consider the trolley bus too much and rather go for the standard electric bus because in all terms of operation, it more closely matches the operation of a diesel bus, um, which of course means less impact on the operational side. Uh, there are some ex exceptions to that. Um, Berlin is very much considering at least one route uh, towards Spandau with uh, battery electric trolley buses. Marburg is also considering, and, and I think they are quite far in the process, to electrify a route up, up the hill towards the university um, with battery electric trolley buses. And um, there might also be other examples I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with at the moment, but they are rather limited. But still, it sounds very interesting. So we might... Uh go to, towards a situation where we not only are happy to have at least three trolleybus networks uh, in Germany, but maybe moving towards five. But still, this is um, rather a small scale. But however, I think it's a, a very important indication for the many still existing uh, trolleybus systems that actually that's an asset and there is huge potential to use that um, for further uptaking uh, the deployment of e-buses. As, yes, absolutely. For example, through battery electric trolley buses, no? And um, yeah, looking back to the last five years, 
since the first battery electric bus has been put in operation in Solingen, what has been achieved since the mentioned research project and the modernization of operations uh, started back in 2017, 2018? And uh, what has changed for passengers and, and operators? I hope for the passengers, nothing changed. Of course, we try with a research project. We wanted to electrify and we did electrify a former diesel bus route without changing, without the need for changing anything for the, uh, for the passengers. So they still go into the buses at the same time. The buses uh, go um, at the same time. They go the same route as before. The only change for the passengers is that it's a modern bus and it's quiet and it's, they know they go with 100% renewable energy. Which, of course, is a nice feeling. For us as operators, something changed. But as I said before, it's not as, as we did a one-to-one -one replacement. There actually was not too much change. I think the, the big thing for us was that within this research project and, and having the electrification of the first route, we demonstrated to ourselves that it's possible and that it's viable, that we can at least under given circumstances, electrify diesel bus route with battery electric trolley buses without any problems in operations. Uh, the buses themselves, they had some problems when we first had them, um, which is due to the fact that unlike a conventional diesel bus, which goes out in hundreds and hundreds per, per day or week uh, from the factories, these were like the first ones of their kind, <laughs> at least. So you have this, um, the little niggles or the sometimes also larger niggles in the beginning, which right now have been uh, dissolved. And we are really happy with operation of our battery electric trolley buses. Um, you know, we, we don't, for this route, we don't need diesel buses anymore. And that's the way that we want to continue for next routes and next routes. And yeah, so it was, mostly a change in in mindset that before you would only talk about it theoretically and now you you know it works you know you have to put in some brains you have to really consider the routes you have to check the different influencing factors you have to do your calculations um, you have to talk with the um, the vendors of, of buses uh, during the procurement process about the demands that the coming buses need to fulfill But other than that, oh, it's working. Now, it's it's a different story if we think about the long-term goal that we have, say, the goal that we want to diverge to. Maybe we will not reach it, but 100% battery electric trolley buses, which would pose quite the stress on the, on the catenary. And then we would need to get into smart energy management and so on, which is a lot that has been um, researched on by the University of Wuppertal in our research project. So how can the next and the step after the next uh, be done and what needs to be done there with uh, smart electrical management, charging management while operating, because we do not stand while charging or mostly we do not stand still while charging that may need to be uh, put in place if we really uh, reach towards the 100%. But at the point right now, the, the grid is very robust and we also will be able to electrify 
at least a few more routes without really having to put too much intelligence into the grid from the side of operation. Yeah, good to hear. So we're already in the middle of the last question. Yeah, I mean, you have mentioned it already, smart grid and uh, smart grids and energy management. That was also one of the yeah focus areas of the Bob research project. And um, also with the motivation that the decarbonization of the transport sector, the decarbonization and electrification of buses could also accelerate the energy transition. No, yeah, selling electricity back into the grid and so on. What questions have you been dealing with in that respect? And um, where do you see further homework for policymakers in Germany and the European Union to really make use of this full potential of sector coupling? So you touch a very major but sensible point or sensitive point. A lot of the research project was about um, how we can put more and more energy markets, energy services in the catenary because it's an existing infrastructure that we want to make be use of best. There were ideas or we followed ideas of directly feeding photovoltaics into the catenary grid. I said we go with 100% renewable energies and anyone who knows the energy market uh, or the electricity market, uh, at least a bit, knows that uh, usually this is done with certificates. So there might be a, a wind turbine or PV power plant somewhere in northern Germany or even in, in Norway with water power or in the Alps with water power. They generate electricity and certificates for this electricity being 100% renewable. And then you can buy these certificates and you just take electricity from the grid, which is anyway always just grid electricity. And then you can call your electricity renewable. It's it's a good thing. You should do that. But what is very important to get energy transition into the... In, into large scale and towards 100% renewables is that you also generate electricity renewably locally and use it as much as possible also uh, on the local scale. So the idea of directly feeding photovoltaics into the catenary grid is, is I want to say, a no-brainer. It's, it's nothing that you need a degree for to think of. And uh, it makes... A lot of sense because the sun shines during the day. During the day is also where we um, operate our buses. And more often than not, you have photovoltaics operations, which then at the time, especially on private uh, property, you might not even be home, so you can't use your electricity. You can feed it on the small scale. You can just feed it uh, into the grid. But the best, as I said, is to use it at the time of generation. And there to get the renewable generation and then the usage of the electricity to make the match during the day is one of the key factors that will lead to success of energy transition or will hinder the success of energy transition. And to get this together in sector coupling uh, makes perfect sense. Same we thought, okay, it's we have vast uh, overhead wire grid which spans all over Solingen, also goes towards the outskirts. 
And while we have quite much stress in the catenary in the center, where a lot of trolley buses go uh, every minute, towards the outskirts, we have sometimes just any 15 minutes of bus passing in each direction. So there's a lot of untapped capacity in the in the grid. So there, for example, we could um, promote also private electromobility with uh, charging stations for for electric vehicles like personal vehicles, cars, um, or even e-bikes or whatnot. So we considered that in the research project, the University of Wuppertal also developed the necessary electric electrical components to, to actually implement that. But we also, of course, anything that is, uh, you want to put into operation, you also have to consider the, the legal status of that. And with that, no, again, I went quite broadly, but I think it's important to understand the next point. There we see an uncalculable risk for us as operators, which leads to our decision for the time being not to implement these technologies into our catenary. Because uh, once we would put all of this into the catenary, we would get more and more into, into not our the law that we know and all the regulation that we know, which is traffic and, and streets and buses. Uh, but we get very deep into the energy legislation and the energy market. And you the energy legislation and energy market is not designed for these types of business models and this these types of usage. Or let's say the design that would fit would mean that we actually lose the ownership or at least the operation of our own trolleybus grid. Our grid would become a, a public distribution grid of energy because there, there would be hardly anything separating it from the regular distribution grid. And there's a lot of consequence to that. That would mean that anyone would have the right which makes sense for a conventional distribution grid, but not for our trolleybus grid, that anyone would have the right to be connected to it, whether we want it or not, whether we can use the electricity at the point or not, whether we um, have problems with getting electricity there if you want to use electricity from the grid at that point or not. And it may even go further that any anyone in Solingen could say, well, it's a bit unlikely, but hey, I have a car, I design it not uh, conventionally, but I also have my two connectors and I want to get my driving electricity, my electricity for the drivetrain from the catenary. And we would have to connect that person to the catenary and then maybe they park on the street, the connector still attached and our buses can't pass. And uh, like, uh, it's all theoretical, of course, but that would be the implications of um, being that deep into the energy legislation, which leads to us, which leads for us to the um, conclusion that it is very interesting. And if you just consider the, the facts without legislation, it makes sense. It makes sense to promote energy transition. It makes sense to um, increase the local renewable energy generation and consumption at the same time, which is what you want. But we can't do that. We would risk our um, our stable operation. And, and in the end, we are 
public transport operators. And that is our main focus. And if anything would risk that, we can't do that. So yeah, that was one of the key findings of the research project that technically it's, it's not easy on a technical level. There's a, a lot of researchers that made their doctoral degrees and dissertations on various aspects of all this, what I mentioned, but it's, it's possible, but it's right now not possible from a legal point of view. So for the time being, we would, uh, we would not pursue that way, but stay in our conventional trolleybus network and expand it with battery electric buses so we can further replace diesel buses with battery electric trolleybuses. Thank you so much, Adrian, for sharing those experiences with us. So I believe I learned a lot. So some aspects were new to me, even compared uh, to our visit when we were there. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that with us and uh, with our listeners. You're very welcome. <laughs> thank you. And um, yeah, we are in touch with your colleagues from the organization Neue Effizienz. They are in the final phase of the project, uh, currently finalizing the, the project documentation as well. And yeah, I think we will have even an English language version of the more technical details. So this might become quite interesting for our listeners as, as well. So stay tuned to what is happening in Solingen. And yeah, Adrian, thanks a lot again. And I wish you all the best for the further project and the implementation of battery electric trolleybuses in Solingen. And thanks a lot for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a big pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian and Matthias, for sharing your experience and expertise with us. It seems like Solingen offers valuable learnings not only for cities with existing trolleybus networks. What potential for accelerating bus electrification do bring hybrid technologies such as battery electric trolleybuses? We'll closely follow up on that discussion. If you're further interested, we invite you to visit the Tumi Ebus Mission's Knowledge Hub and subscribe to our newsletter. You'll find links in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, thanks for tuning in and hear you next time.